minutes to Jim Eskimen Podcast. Uh, hey, I wanted to uh, give you a, a taste of an interview that I did recently with a friend of mine, Mark Silber, who's putting together a book called The Art of Living. And uh, he asked me a bunch of questions about humor and creativity, and uh, he's going to turn it into a book, but uh, it'll be part of a book. But I thought you might like to hear our interview and what I had to say about those topics. So uh, here you go. To ease into this topic a little bit, I... Uh, I don't have like a list of successful actions for you necessarily, but my, I'm like you, I'm or like anybody, I'm trying to get along with people, and and humor is traditionally a way of getting along with people. I mean, it is a way of uh, life is tough. It's really difficult. There are constant challenges, and even when things are going well, they can all come crashing down. And so we have to get along with one another. And um, you know, in my case, I grew up. Uh, you know, it, it was sometimes a happy childhood and sometimes not a happy household. And my father was, you know, used to drink a lot. And uh, I, I think I developed a lot of uh, my my habits about empathy with people by observing that, uh, wow, you know, this was uh, a difficult, there were times when my father was very difficult to get along with. And uh, humor would be something that I could use to kind of warm him up again a little bit or get through to him. And, you know, in life in general, making friends at school and uh, uh, breaking the tension in the boredom of school. You know, I remember just laughing and, and having a great time sometimes when it was completely inappropriate. Uh, and that's that's kind of a secret to humor, too, is like sometimes in the most, you know, serious kind of circumstances like... Uh, I was thinking about this the other day when my mother's mother passed away and we were in, we were, I was a little kid and my sister was small and my mom was a single mom and it was her mother had died and we're in the limousine coming back from the graveyard and it had just been a just gut-wrenching kind of sadness. And then my mother made some kind of funny remark and the floodgates just opened and we laughed and giggled and laughed. And it was just the ex, expression of relief I'll never forget that. It was, I, I didn't see it coming. You know, as a little kid, you're like, no, no, funerals are sad. That's it. End of story. Well, no. <laughs> now, now I always look for it at every memorial. There's a moment. People like to get together and laugh and release and, and talk about the bereaved. And that's, you know, that's about the most serious situation there is. So laughter has this great kind of therapeutic value. And in my studies of life and uh, experience, I've come to recognize that humor comes about from a recognition of something that just isn't logical or just doesn't make sense or just doesn't follow. You know, we talk about non sequitur. That means doesn't follow. And a non sequitur remark is either judged as being insane or really super funny. And um, so uh, I've, I, I guess for my money, humor and comedy and that sort of thing, which is different from telling jokes. Jokes is a whole other facet of humor, okay? It's a, it's a category of humor, is jokes. They, they are like a recipe. They're a tried-and-true little, you know, sequence of events and characters that bring about laughter if they're done well. I'm not a great joke teller, but I love humor and I love comedy. I'm, I'm an actor, I know probably three jokes, you know, because I just don't commit them to memory. And I find that it, <laughs> it matters very much who you're telling the joke to. And I like to 
I like to be really loose. I like to be in the moment with who I have right then. And a joke is kind of like very, very static to me. It's very it's set in concrete. It's just not my... I admire the people like uh, Jerry Seinfeld and other people that, that can tell a joke over and over again for five years, and it always hits. I mean, that's, that's amazing to me, you know. So I just, I just think it's a way of, of, um, of getting along with other people, of breaking the tension. Uh, it can be part of your brand, if you will. You know, it's definitely part of my brand. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it now. Even if I say nothing, people don't believe me, and they think I'm kidding. So <laughs> right? my daughter just laughed because it's true. <laughs> There's this other thing I thought about, Mark, that uh, maybe you remember this as a kid. Um, but did you ever play Mad Libs? kind of rings a bell. Well, Mad, yeah, Libs, Mad Libs was a wonderful exercise. It came in a pad. I mean, they probably made a billion dollars off this thing. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised they haven't made a feature film about it. But So Mad Libs was, were little stories in a pad of paper, little stories, little, little written things that had uh, omissions where, that you would have to fill in, like adjective, noun, you know, I don't know, modifiers. And uh, you would just do them randomly with your friends. you say, okay, now we need an adjective. Okay, now we need a noun. Now we need another noun. Now we need a compound word. And you'd fill it all in. And since it was completely out of context, these choices you were making, when you read it out loud, it was hilariously funny often because it would be completely inappropriate. You know, the president said here to his wife, who was an elephant, you know, whatever it was. You know. and, uh, but that just shows to me, I mean, I remember just being delighted by that and also kind of tickled by the fact that how, how easy it was. And that it actually, you know, because uh, you, you asked uh, uh, in the questions that you sent me ahead of time, uh, one of the ones was, is there any kind of thing you'd like to dispel a myth about humor? And one thing that I know is I, I used to hear a lot. I don't hear so much anymore, and maybe it's dying out. But um, among Hollywood writers and comedians and stuff, they'd say, well, you know, you're funny or you're not. You're either born funny, you got it, or you don't. You know, it's almost like it's genetic or something, which is obviously bullshit. And <clears throat> Mad Libs showed me that, no, <laughs> do you have a ballpoint pen? You can be funny. Well, for example, I mean, in promotion, I mean, uh, advertising has embraced humor since its earliest days. And the reason is that it gets across to people and it kind of warms them up a little bit and it, it's friendly. It's considered to be friendly if it's not abusive, right? Um, so in my... Um, Dealings with other people in my promotion, my self-promotion as an actor. I'm in a very difficult and competitive field, and it's getting more difficult and competitive all the time for various reasons. And so I use humor, as many people do, to kind of uh, make friends and uh, get people to listen to what you have to say and get people to listen to your demo and look at your headshot and read your letter and whatever. Because you can't just send stuff out willy-nilly and expect anybody to pay any attention to it these days. You've got to bring some value well, humor and comedy bring can bring value if they're done skillfully and if they're done with reality, you know. And uh, I like something that's funny and pleasant. Um, so again, that's this kind of has to do with empathy too. 
what do we like? You know, we, you have to kind of use a little self-awareness and go, well, what do, what do I like? You know, I like comedies. I like pleasant statements. I like things that are amusing. And, uh, and so I try to deliver that when there's an opportunity. And it turns out, I think, comedians look for opportunities to amuse people. They look for gigs. They look for script ideas. They look for concepts. They, they, you know, I wander around my neighborhood, and uh, my eyes are always open to a couple things. I look for visually beautiful things, and I look for funny things. And we, we're in a world full of visually beautiful things, and we're in a world of funny things, because you know my my theory is that you know if it's here on planet Earth or here in the universe at all, there's something holding it in place. You know, it, I don't know if I can explain this, but there's got to be a lie involved somewhere. There are these dichotomies that kind of keep things suspended in space down to the molecular level. So that's a complex idea, but I've not expressed it well. But but I've looked around and I've seen that. There's so much stuff that's just based on nonsense and silly things. And you just got to open your eyes. Like I was walking down the street just now. I almost took a picture of it. but uh, And there's this, uh, a, this building that's just for lease now on one of the corners on Ventura Boulevard, a major thoroughfare down here in my town. And um, it says, um, you know, emergency center. And, you know, it looks like a place where you should come if you're really you know, in trouble. And on the second floor, though, the windows are all blown out, and there's this plastic tarp just kind of floating in the breeze. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Do I, get there? Do I go there because I have an emergency or because I want to buy one? <clears throat> awesome. These things are, there's things everywhere. There's just little things that don't belong. So much of comedy and humor is a recognition of something that just doesn't follow or just doesn't belong. Wrong emotion. Uh, wrong object, something, something's just like, mm, no. <laughs> but I mean, that, this kind of thing, which I've described recently as, as a pivot, is what creates a lot of humor. You suddenly go off your, you change your opinion completely. Uh, or someone changes on a dime and they're like pissed off at you and then they're really super friendly. And it's it, like if you watch Friends, Friends is a great example. That TV show is just brilliant and it almost always, 100% involves a rapid change of emotion or viewpoint. You'll see the character go, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Get out of here. You know, they'll pivot continually. And they're geniuses at it, too. Uh, the actors and the writers, they, they create that, that great thing. So you can use that. It takes a little practice, but you can just sort of, uh, you can just go, okay, how do I feel? What do I want to say? Uh, what's, the, what's the opposite of that? And can that be integrated into the communication at all? I think advertising, we've seen that happen a lot in advertising and other uh, forms of communication where, where people are talking to one another and trying to amuse one another. Um, like uh, you get a beautiful invitation and it's just gorgeous, you know, and gold embossed lettering. It's fancy. It's nice. And it'll say something like, you don't want to come to this crummy event. And it's like, gah, 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 gah. and it's funny. It kind of shakes you up. Uh, you know, the old uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, that still lives on in my mind. A lot of people are fond of that. I remember Lou Grant would say something like, Mary, Mary, you've got spunk. I hate spunk. It's the same kind of pivot where it's like, ah, admire, you know, don't like it anymore. So um, it can be used. It needs to be practiced and so forth, but it's uh, it's very potent. 
creativity and humor. That's the connection there. Well, creativity is taking something, your resources, right, and uh, and making something out of them. It's it's sometimes springing something from from your imagination, but it's also looking around and combining things in interesting ways. And I think uh, uh, humor is is a is a byproduct of a lot of creativity. Uh, I'm thinking now of the artist Banksy, who creates political statements, takes a lot of found images and combines them in different ways and puts them on a different environment and a location that you wouldn't expect and. It, it communicates. It's also humorous and interesting, you know. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Twitter last week, uh, they auctioned off a Banksy at Sotheby's for some yeah. amazing amount of money. And the minute the final bid came in, it started to shred the whole thing. I thought, that's great. And that is another wonderful pivot. It's like, here's this valuable object. Who's going to bid? By the way, it'll be in shreds in just a minute. It's just great. I think it's a great statement. Um, yeah, but um, so creativity, um, you know, sometimes we get ideas. Um, I get ideas all the time. And if, if I really am interested and involved in that idea, I'll chase it in my mind. I'll, I'll you know, take a pen and paper to it. I don't know where it's going to go maybe, but there's like a little something there. A little door opens up or a little balloon goes up or whatever you want to call it. And you go, That's, there's something in there. It's almost like when you're, you go to Trader Joe's or, or not Trader Joe's, you go to Pier 1 and there's a little decorative box from Istanbul. And you're like, I got to look at that box. I just got to open it up. And uh, usually there's just a price tag in there. But in this case, you know, you get an idea and you chase it down. You open it up. You look at it and you start to monkey with it. It's very artistic and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. Um, but that's part of creativity. One time I got an idea and I was like, I'd been listening to a lot of old radio shows and I just loved the old radio programs, the way they would paint a scene out and the way that they would describe things. It is, it's, it's so unreal, but it was very real in the world of radio, very necessary. Like the old, the old prospect around the campfire has to say, hey, watch out for that branch there. Don't, when you come around to the fire to bring your coffee, Lewis, uh, watch out, step over that branch there. And, uh, I've been hearing some coyotes lately. Oh, there's one now. They have to paint this picture, and they do it with words, and, and you'd suddenly you see them. It's a trick. You so, suddenly see this campfire, right? And um, so I, I had this radio play in my mind, and I wrote the whole thing, and it was about vengeance and guilt and cowboys and stuff and it was very serious and then I thought I'm going to go back in and put the humor in because there was virtually no humor at all and I did it by looking for things and making things inappropriate at different junctures so you can actually go back in 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 the creative process and add inappropriatenesses things that don't belong It'd be like composition in a photograph, right? You know about composition. Obviously, you're a master at it. So there's things that you want to be in the picture and things you really don't want to be in the picture. So yeah. you exclude those things. Well, if you decide to include them, it gets to be kind of funny. Right. What advice do you have for them who, who wants to add creativity in their life in general and also humor? Well, I'd start, I'd say just, the simple thing is to just look around 
and spot some things in your environment that are amusing. They could be, uh, I don't know, an accident about to happen, something that's uh, ironic or silly or just like unfinished, uh, something amusing, and that something that just isn't quite appropriate in their environment. And they'll find it in a second, you know. <laughs> Like stand-up comics who struggle and and strain to find something that will amuse a room full of strangers, I'm always looking for something that'll tickle people. And the best the best barometer I have of that is: does it tickle me? You know, does it interest me? And if I if something makes me laugh, then I know there's a good percentage of other people that will also enjoy it. So I try to find those things. And that, that is, a, again, awareness. You know, I look around. I look around for things that make me laugh. Humor has a lot of value. I mean, people need the release of humor. So much of our entertainment, you know, is is, is valuable because it, it makes people laugh or makes them feel some amusement in some way. So I guess, you know, if if if, if people feel like they're not funny inherently themselves, and they lack that. Uh, they may feel like, well, what's the point? It's like a lot of things. You know, what's the point? I, I can't do it. He does it so much better and whatever. But um, just like with this Mad Libs thing, uh, it can be a kind of a mechanical exercise. It can be, you can create humor quite mechanically. And uh, I, think, I think we've all learned that uh, with our iPhones and with the autocorrect, where the wrong, the wrong word is automatically substituted, and it's really pretty funny sometimes. So, or embarrassing. Yeah, or embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. Hilarious. People have been sort of trained out of creativity to some degree. Uh, they're more and more being kind of squeezed out of it. It's all being produced for one. One doesn't need to do anything himself. It's all been produced. It's all been manufactured, and you just need to consume. That's pretty much the, me- the message of this uh, really disrespectful culture that we're in so um uh i always encourage people to find some way to make something on your own and um whether that's a rhyming couplet two lines that rhyme or you know that have rhyming words at the end or a little song or a little drawing or anything make something just for you, you know, you don't need to show it to anybody, but just as a, as an exercise to try it out. Some art form that you go, you know, I don't think I'd screw that up. I think I could do that okay. You know, maybe pick up where you left off and you go, wow, I didn't, I haven't made anything since fifth grade in Mrs. Tomashoff's class. You know, all right, what was I making then? Well, we were making these, these uh, cardboard fish. Good, go back, make that fish. <laughs> pick it up from there. You know, you'll go, uh, you know, what was I doing? You know, and you, I've done that a lot of times. I'll go back to where I last was doing well or where I last kind of screwed up with a, a art project and go, I better pick that up again. You know, whether it may, a lot of people put down the guitar or the bagpipe at a certain point when they got married, maybe. And uh, go back to that, pick it up again and, and kind of get that flow going, you know. It's a flow. Creativity is a flow, but you have to start it. It's like a trickle of water that eventually will bore a, a groove in a piece of granite. But at the beginning, it's just a drip. 
you have to kind of get that flow going again. And when you do, amazing things happen. Ideas start to come. And but if you don't get the flow going, you'll never get you'll never get those ideas. You'll never have that kind of relationship with uh, creativity. Thanks a lot for listening. Please hit like and subscribe. Tell your friends. I really appreciate you listening. Thanks a lot. <laughs>